You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's October 12th, 2023. This is episode 356. I'm Eric. This is John. Hi. You're this is weird. Ugly podcast. <laughs> we are a weekly podcast. We get together every Thursday night, 9 p.m., and talk about PHP, about running a small business that's dependent on PHP, PHP community. Some drama every now and then. What? Uh, no any, way. Any other web technology and just technology in general we enjoy talking about. We are we are a man short today, but it doesn't matter because the show is just as good thanks to some sponsors. Honeybadger.io and PHP Store, as well as PHP Architect, which is the company John and I work with. Did you forget the name of it for a second there? You know, I have so many PHPs <laughs> in my life. I got to make sure. I have a PHP roundtable on the money because I have a roundtable to do tomorrow. So I got like so many PHP variations of titles in my head. <laughs> as well as our wonderful sponsors over at HoneyBadger.io. Uh, what? No. I, I got distracted. I was distracted. I was distracted. As well as our wonderful sponsors at Patreon.com. Patrons uh, on Patreon. We're going to talk about all those all those wonderful people a little Eric, later on the show. Eric Eric Mann is in Discord pointing out the fact that you are entitled John on your screen. Uh, <laughs> can't get anything past these release managers these days. Last, last week, Ben caught us on something, and this week I see. Uh, I saw game. you fix that up. Good job. Absolutely. That's what I do. That's what I do. John, John, it, you know, John is so good. He, he, we needed him twice. What? That didn't make any sense. <laughs> Speaking of, I don't know if you said it. Join us on Discord, discord.phpugly.com. Boom! Did it. See? <laughs> I, I'm here for you. Got you. Yes. Got it all set. That we had a we had quite the conversation in Discord today and that I told John leading into this, I, I'm I'm actually a little disappointed. It went a little sideways on me, but we're going to we're going to get to that regardless of all yeah. that drama. Speaking so, of Discord, I obviously don't know the difference between Discord and Slack because I tried doing one of my everyday Slack commands of slash Jiffy to quickly put up a GIF or a GIF or what, however you say it, and failed completely. Well, that's in Slack too. You, you just your fingers went too fast, huh? No, I did it. It doesn't work in Discord. I do it in Slack. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, in, it's in Discord. It's in Discord. Giffy. No. <gasps> what? Oh, you, you have to. You have to go click on the little GIF icon down in the bottom right. I'm going to make hmm. so many people mad because I'm going to say it differently than what they want to hear it as. But you can't say it differently. It's all correct. It's all correct. I had to go click on that thing and then. Type in what I wanted. I got people taking pictures of me in my studio. You can't be doing that, man. This <laughs> I told you to run. Solitude. Yeah, you, you have people in your house. Run. Get out of there. <laughs> All right. So uh, no Tom today. Tom, ha- 
Well, you know what? Honestly, I don't even know if he made it to Southern California. Last I heard, he, he was still in Colorado. And knowing Tom's geographic challenges, he he may be in Florida right now. We really don't. We can't be sure. <laughs> he just, he, when he went to book his airfare, he just pointed somewhere on the map. He's like, I think this is Southern California. <laughs> is this sunny in Los Angeles? Yeah, that's where I want to go. <laughs> He's never going to live that down. Nope. Nope. It's good. Oh, trust me. He, he, so many things in our face over and over. Speaking of Discord, you posted something in Discord. The uh, was that in the her channel? That was, was the her channel. No. It was. So again, Patreon pa- supporters on Patreon get access to a special channel in their Discord called the Herd. And John posted some stuff in there, and I'm not sure I understood what. I- what I was looking at what like what was I what was I supposed to notice I, I I'm not so, trying to like knock no, no. guy or anything no it's fine I'm not there's no names or anything so yesterday I went flying and then after I landed it was my third flight so I wasn't gonna hike back up because it's a pain in the ass to hike up that mountain so I was just on the ground it's called kiting bringing the wing up keeping it over my head moving around just playing with the wing on the ground. And I happened to catch out of the corner of, my, corner of my eye one of the other pi- pilots coming into land, and I went turned to look, and he went to turn around a bush, but cut it too close. He was expect we often get lift off of that. Normally, as soon as you get near it, you go up. So he was anticipating that, cut it too close, and went through the bush. <laughs> well, it, that's all right, so that's I'm why you hear me. Later. That's why you hear me say, "Oh no!" Like. Yeah, like it's you really need a full screen and like to look in that back right, but right uh-huh. there, no, he hits the bush, and then I see give it up, give got, it up, give it up. Oh no, oh you, his reserve, <laughs> reserve. I got. I, I don't so, understand what, what what did that mean, reserve. So, so after he landed, I was like, oh no, he hit the tree, but then I saw he kept the wing up a little bit, so he could have brought it back up and then walked all the way to where I'm at with the wing over his head. Uh-huh. But we have, we have a reserve parachute with us. So if something happens in the air, we can throw a reserve to just come straight down. As he went through the bush, it caught hold of the handle and pulled his reserve out of his harness. Oh. So it's trailing behind him. Now it's going to cost him 50 to a hundred bucks to get it repacked. And Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's, it's something you can do yourself but you really want to practice it over and over and over again because <laughs> you, <laughs> it's your life, right? <laughs> it's one of those things you want to make sure it's done right. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to take it, have it repacked, but just so the, it, when yeah. I, when I first watched it and I heard you say no reserve, I thought that like that was a cliff or something. I'm like, it looks like he's still there. I don't know. What, what am no, I looking yeah. at? Yeah. He landed fine. So when I said, keep it up, it was really just like recover. Like you can recover and just walk it in like, not a big deal. And then I saw that all of a sudden you can't really see it in the video, but his reserve line was p- pulling as he was walking. Was uh, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. You stop it now <laughs> before it gets bad. Wayne life's asking how he gets ask- access to the her channel. If you are a patron member, let us know and we will make sure you get tagged as such. Yeah. You, well, it's not actually, automated and we usually, it is, to... it is automated. Yeah. Is it actually, oh. they, they have to, they configure their, 
Discord in their Patreon settings, and they slip right in. I did not know that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah in, in your in your Discord in your Patreon settings, there should be a setting there for Discord, and you just walk through. It's been a very long time. I I, forget, I don't even know what it looks like. We there's some weirdness on Patreon. Let's talk about Patreon for a second, shall we? Sure. Well, what is the weirdness? Well, let me let me see if I. Let me see if it's still there. I, I say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's still there. This is new to me. Maybe somebody can tell me if this has been around for a while, but I guessed on Patreon now, there is a free tier. What? So when when I logged into Patreon today, it said, you have four new free tier members. I'm like, wait, what? What is a free tier? <laughs> what is that? I still don't know what it is, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I have no idea what a free tier is. But I also noticed in Patreon that you can now tie it into Spotify, and you can release things that only your Patreon members can subscribe to through Spotify. So like oh. a like a pod like a you know podcast. I mean, obviously we wouldn't do that for this podcast, but if there were other things we wanted to release. Like maybe the after show or something, we start moving that over to Patreon or something. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're making some changes over there. I again I still don't know what a free tier is. If anybody is a free tier member of Patreon, no hate. You know, no hate there, but I'm just curious what what is that like exactly? Like what what does that <laughs> give you? What's it meant to be? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I, I don't even think I don't even think you can see the the, the blog or anything. I, I I really yeah. So this is yeah. So you have to join to lock, uh, join to unlock. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So and I didn't care enough to <laughs> to, to explore <laughs> it. <laughs> How was your week, John? Oh my week. It's a blur. There there are a couple of major issues that I had with the client. I had to work through. Can't, wow, it really was a blur. You tell me about your week while I think about mine. I had actually a fantastic week. I Did got you? to coding again. Nice. It's just my favorite thing to do. Uh, it really is. I enjoyed it. I even fixed some some little annoying bugs on the PHP roundtable. Oh, I should I should pull that website up for you guys. So when when Sammy was doing PHP Roundtable and when he had originally coded it, Mastodon, it might have been a thing, but it wasn't as big of a thing. So the the little avatars for people on Mastodon wouldn't show up. And so I've been meaning to kind of fix that over the you know, over the couple of years I've been doing PHP Roundtable. And I really kind of decided this week, I'm like, you know, I'm fixing that today. Like, it, it's not like it's very hard to do. I just need to take the time to do it. And I got that fixed. I got a couple other little bugs out of the way. So that's there. And we do have a pot stream tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific Coast time. So you guys can translate that to your local time zone. And we're going to be talking about a position in our industry that I've always been very curious about, the developer relations person or mm. developer advocate or developer activist, or, or they go by so many different titles, but they're kind of all the same thing. And 
I never really understood. I was like, I knew who they were. I knew who the players were friends with, with many of them, but I mm-hmm. honestly didn't know what the job role entailed. So, so a few of them are going to uh, pop on and we're going to, we're going to hash this out and I'm going to, I'm going to see if I'm going to go, go ahead and approve their lifestyle or not. <laughs> and we'll move on. So uh, if you're not do, doing anything tomorrow, pop on. Do you want, uh, if, if you want another person, I'm sure I can get somebody on there for you. Who? Tim Lytle. He was, oh, is he, he, is, he, is it, that's it, his title? Not is now, it? but it, it, he was at Nexmo, I believe for many years. Yeah. If he, if he's down, if he's free, he, he does his podcast on Friday too, doesn't he? He does, but this is it's, earlier in the yeah, morning. It's not very good. You guys don't. You guys don't <laughs> need to give him any traffic. What's what's this? Oh, I forget. It's the Dev Friday Show. Dev Friday Show. That's it. Yeah. 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 Go I think I think he's listen. still doing it. Yeah, I'll send I'll send him a message. See if he wants to join you guys. I I don't know why it didn't occur to me. I I need to think of a better way. Somebody had brought this idea to me. And so I, I kind of already had a couple people lined up, so I didn't really bother like sending out a, a you know signal on on the social media, different areas, and seeing if anybody was interested. But honestly, I don't really get a lot of luck doing that. Like I tried that with a couple of shows I put together, and it was just like it's just, it's just it's just like a tough sale, I guess. I don't know. So yeah, see if he's free, and we'll we'll slip him in there. So yeah, did some did some coding this week. Uh, probably gonna reach out to you. I don't know about tomorrow. Tomorrow's a nightmare day for me. Well, well, with the exception of the podcast, I'm looking forward to that. But I have a two hour, two hour cli- client meeting with one of our clients' customers, and oh, I'm wow. like, yeah. I-, I don't even know what I'm gonna talk about for two hours. I mean, can they just turn into the podcast and listen to me? Would that be <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> Is it something specific that you need to, is it you just listening and trying to solve problems that they're having or? It's, it's, it's very foggy. They specifically wanted to talk to the CTO for two hours. So it's, it's a meeting targeted at me and, and, and I I actually exaggerated a little bit. They're not even a client yet. They're, they're building to (laughs) become a client. Oh, wow. So I even reached out to to uh, our client and said, "Hey, what should I do to prepare for that? Like, do you know what sort of information I'm looking for? Because our field is massive. I mean, I have no idea what direction they're going to come at us for you know asking questions." And she was like, "No, just can just be there and see what they have to say." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely do that." <laughs> so, and, oh, and. I, I, I'm not a fan of it, but today we had kind of like a project management meeting for one of our projects that we've we've been. I don't want to say struggling. We've tr- we've been trying new a new workflow with this mm-hmm. particular project, and it, there, there, there's you know definitely things been misfiring on it, and so finally, I'm like, all right, let's get everybody in a room. Let's get a a weekly meeting on this particular project so that we can make sure we're working through this. And I I think it was beneficial because I think everybody realized that like the communication wasn't there. 
even even their side, they realized they weren't communicating back to the developer the way that they should have been. Like they they were all kind of doing it differently, and they weren't even following their own kind of workflow. So it was it was nice to get a lot of that clarified. I think I think everybody walked away with it, walked away from the meeting feeling a lot better about it. That's uh, good. Yeah. Definitely been meaning to ask you about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I keep forgetting you're invited to that one. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had my own two hour meeting to be part of at that time. <laughs> I tell you, man, it just so yeah. So back to the event sourcing. I thought I had knocked it out of the ballpark. But then, then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you realize the fence was moved back a couple hundred feet. Yeah, somebody somebody moved that goalpost on me because I, I, I'm not even sure what I'm doing wrong yet. I'm gonna try to take one more crack at it, at it next week tomorrow when I have some time and see if I can't, you know, can't can't fix my issue because it just seems like I'm I'm right there like I'm missing something. I'm missing one thing and I and. I just can't, I can't find it right now, but I, I feel like I'll get there. Well, let me know if you need help with it. I will try my best, but tomorrow is not going to be a good day. <laughs> yeah. Well, tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow's not a good day for me either. I, I'm going to have like maybe an hour or two here or there. Yeah. I've got physical therapy in the morning, which means, you know, running back and forth. And then I'm going to the nineties hip hop show tomorrow night down in, Sports arena. Ah, is that still a thing? Sports arena is still there? That's awesome. Well, it's now Pachanga Arena or yeah, something. Yeah. But yeah. Somebody yeah. somebody else's name on it. Yeah. Yeah. But still the same thing. All right. Well, speaking yeah. of hmm? Oh, I remembered the the crap of my week while you were talking. Can, you want to talk you want to talk about it when, when we get back? Sure. And let let's go to a yeah. let's go to a sponsor. I think we should I think we should run Tom's ads for both because he's <laughs> He's not here. Let's start with let's start with our good friends over at JetBrains PHP. No, you know what? I'm going to do that one next because I have stuff PHP Storm stuff I want to talk to, and I still want to get to your week. So let's do let's do Tom's a uh, Honey Badger. I like his. Where where is his Honey Badger? Where's his AI one? Here it is. Folks, Tom Rideout here, and let me tell you: if you think listening to PHP Ugly makes you question my coding skills. You should see my actual code. It's why HoneyBadger.io and I are such a perfect match, like peanut butter and jelly, or me and questionable life decisions. Listen, I don't need more pie charts to tell me how badly I've messed up. I don't want to go through a library of logs, deciphering them like they're the Da Vinci code of my own failures. What I need is HoneyBadger, the only monitoring tool that says, Hey Tom, you goofed up right here, and here's how to unfudge it. You see, Honey Badger is the cool professor who tells you where you went wrong, but also helps you get an A in the course. It tells you not just when the sky is falling, but which clouds are actually plummeting. So you can fix errors before your customers even have a chance to mock you on Twitter. And the setup? Oh boy, even I could get it running in less than five minutes, and I still struggle to set my microwave clock. So be your team's knight in shining armor. Go on a free trial with Honey Badger at honeybadger.io. Trust me, it's like having a sensei, but for code and a lot less yelling. See what catastrophes you've been missing and fix them before you become the catastrophe. That's honeybadger.io. Get on it. Now let's get back to getting ugly. 
Thank you. Oh, thank you, Honey Badger. I saw, I saw your message. I am excited about that. Awesome. So what 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 was uh, your crap weekend about? Yeah, and I knew there was something that I wanted to talk about, and I forgot what it was at that point. <laughs> Two days of ops issues that I dealt with, and the, the first day was all of a sudden our the database went to crap, and trying to figure out okay what what happened what went wrong where's like was it this we had a huge code release go out last week and was it something in there then friday night they also upgraded the operating systems from ubuntu 16 to 22 so i think they did or 18 to 20 to 22 you know to get it up to date so i'm like was it something there and we just we spent hours in there trying to figure out why things were were broken. And it turned out we used proxy SQL in one of the instances for some reason took the maximum number of connections it could handle to the primary database mm-hmm. from 800 simultaneous to 25. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and nobody... T- Supposedly nobody touched proxy SQL. So we figure it out and I watch one of the ops people increase it to 800, save it to disk and load it to runtime. So it was happy. We immediately saw the things increase and performance was back to normal. The next day there's issues again. We're like, is it that? And we're going to look and no, it wasn't that. And then I started noticing that an API call we make to a third party service where on average, we hit the service roughly 250,000 times a day. All of a sudden, for the past week, shot up to two and a half to three million times a day. (laughs) That sounds like one of Tom's, oh yeah, this costs us $2 million. (laughs) Luckily, it's not an API we have to pay for, but I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And I realized that for one section of the of the platform, they were calling the code I wrote that hits the API. I wrote it to handle 10-digit numbers. Well, now they're calling it with E164 numbers, which is plus one and then a 10-digit phone number. And I cache all of this data based on the phone number. So first of all, the cache isn't going to match. And second of all, I don't I still haven't confirmed this. I don't know if you if a plus works as a cache key in Redis. I never I didn't never took oh, the time no. to <laughs> figure that out. I I did spin up a connection via data grip to a Redis client and use plus as a, in a key and it worked fine, but I don't know if that's encoding it somehow. Like but if I do mm-hmm. it in PHP if it doesn't work. And again, I haven't taken the time to try it because I changed one line of code to just for the key, strip the plus one when I get it. So now all of a sudden our cache hits went back up and strip it when I set it. So now I'm setting the same key and just watching the graphs just go, just drop right off, went right back to normal, normal response times, normal, like it was just crazy. (laughs) I would love if anybody in Discord knows or, or hit us on Twitter or Mastodon if you're listening to the audio podcast later, but if 
Redis doesn't like special symbols, like a plus symbol. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't to... think that was the problem, right? I mean, it had, had to be. Well, no. So it was twofold. What we haven't confirmed is: Are we only making, you know, the the small the two hundred fifty thousand requests a day because we cache the data for two months? And is mm. it because we are using the same phone numbers often enough where the data is is being hit in cache? So now, as soon as we did the plus one, it's got to go get all that data again. So maybe it gotcha. was getting it and caching it, but I see what you're saying. It's like if you went through this part of the the, the code base, everything worked fine. Over here, we had to go recache it, and maybe that was working. But man, three million a day. <laughs> and then on top of that, we believe the the third party service had an outage for a period of time because. When we would hit the API, we have a timeout of one second. And I store every time we hit the API what how long it takes. So all of a sudden, I'm seeing all these one-second hits. So I know it's timing out. And the problem is the page you were going to was loading basically SMS data. It would give a bunch of threads. And if, if you had 10 messages in there, well, we were going and checking this third-party API 10 different times. So now you're delayed by 10 seconds because that's a timeout. If you have 60, all of a sudden you're timing out, you know, 60 seconds and Cloudflare is just saying, nope, this request taking too long. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) Fun stuff. No, no, not fun. So last week, last week we were talking about HTTP or Mm -hmm. HTTP pie or however you want to say it. And it was brought to my attention that they now have a GUI client, which is weird. I use, I've used HTTP for years at the command line. Never even thought there would be a GUI for it. So I, I did some exploring. I downloaded it. And it's just like, it's a GUI like Postman's a GUI, right? It's just a right. wrapper. Yeah. But I noticed that it had import features for postman so i'm like all right this got really interesting to me so we were talking last week about we we pay for a team subscription to postman it's one of the more expensive services we use and and if we could get something that would meet like 98 percent of our needs out cheaper then we could figure out the last two percent when it came up so i'm i'm sitting there playing with it and it, it works. I mean, the the import is very, very finicky. You have to, I had to go in and manu- manually edit a few of the Postman exports, but, but eventually I got them all importing. And it's not clear. I, I figured it out after a while, but like if it can't import a Postman export, it gives you a little red dot that you need to hover over and it will tell you where in the file the error is, but it's not obvious. Like a, like something doesn't pop up and say, Hey, I couldn't import this, or there was a problem. It just sits there. This little red dot appears in the, in the lower right-hand side. So, yeah, so it's a little finicky, but once you know how to debug it, you can get things importing and it imported uh, collections and environments, which was a big deal because now we have, 
just a lot of collections, but a lot of environmental variables for all our different clients and all the different environments. And so that was cool. But then I got to thinking, I'm like, huh, I wonder if there's a Postman import to the HTTP client in PHP Storm. And lo and behold, there is. Really? Yep. And it, it actually works better than HTTP HTTP Pi did. It, the import worked better. Now the configuration is still a little clunky because it's not a it's not a GUI config, configuration, right? It's just a bunch of it, uh, scratch files. Requests. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. one scratch file, but they put in they they put it all in one scratch file, like like unit test, where you can run. Yeah. It, it has a little yeah, run individual. button next to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. The one thing, and I think somebody in our Discord figured it out. I didn't have a chance to test it. The one thing I couldn't figure out how to do on my own is how to set that like a bearer token and have it inherited through all the endpoints. Uh, you can do that in HTTP Pi, HTTP okay. And of course, you can do that in Postman. It looks like there's a there's some scripting language that that PHP Storm uses that you can use to do it. I, like I said, I just hadn't had the chance to play with it. But the thing I liked about it is it then allowed me to add all those endpoints to test and the environmental settings for those endpoints to the repo, hmm. so they don't they don't have to go and and fork. From, or not for yeah fork from postman what we do now and make sure they have all the current ones if you have if you pull down a branch you pull down all the current endpoints with you don't know if i like that or not but it's there that was one of the conversations we actually had in discord today i think was the feeling of do you like do you like everything being php storm or not i'm kind of still on the on the fence on it where i I would rather not like if I'm using PHP storm, I'd rather have PHP storm do my code. Even when I'm using database stuff now, PHP storm is, is my code. And I fire up data grip, even though data grip is in PHP storm. I just like having that separate window. I, I have it in both. The main reason I have it in PHP storm is as I'm writing queries, it knows my database information and will tell me, It'll help me autocomplete my queries. It will tell me where I've screwed things in, up in your in your code. Yep. So even right. if you just even if you just put the connection in PHP Storm, you have access to all of that. Hmm. The only reason I fire up a separate data grip is one: I lots of different databases for different things, and I often go full screen on one on one of my monitors with data grip, full screen on the other monitor with my code. It's just how I like to work versus, you know, having separate panes or having the database in one half of my window in PHP Storm. Not that I'm opposed to it. It's still the same tool. I just have it in a separate window. We, we I saw you guys were also, I wasn't available while you were talking about it, but I also, I do like the Git configuration or Git workflows within PHP Storm. I drop to the command line when I want to do something very specific Usually my rebasing onto a branch from a very specific point in a branch, I drop the command line, but 99% of my Git commands are done 
in PHP Storm, which is really just commit certain files. I use PHP Storm's shelving instead of git stashing. I'm not sure why, but it's just easier for me. Yeah, switching branches, creating branches. Yeah, it's so funny because I think I'm I'm the opposite. I mean, we've talked about this. I I still lean heavily on the command my terminals. I love being in my terminals. Oh my god, my terminals. Oh my god. So first thing, let me let me say I finally bought a widescreen monitor. And man, oh man, do I wish I had done this sooner. I am it has made me fall back in love with my terminal. So I will have we we John and I are on Pop OS. So on Pop OS much like a Mac, you have different desktops you can go to, right? And I have one desktop that's just a terminal. And because I'm always in Tmux, I just split up my windows. And and yeah, man, I so I have a command. Let's say I want to work on the PHP roundtable, the PHP roundtable website, right? I have a command that I can type in that will do a search of all my repos, and I can I can it, it's basically F, that's another thing, dude. F, FZF. And yeah, you know, I, I get, get to PHP roundtable, I hit enter, and it starts a TMUC session dedicated to PHP roundtable. And I have, I have all my splits laid out now where I can do my lazy git on the right hand side and get my Lando running on the left hand side. And I'm just like, I am loving my terminal again. And FZF is another thing. I've used it like isn't it? Is that fuzzy finder? Yeah, it's a fuzzy finder. But it's a very, very powerful fuzzy finder. And, it, and I've used it in in Vim and a couple other tools that like just have it built in. But I always see these people who use it to like search for files and stuff on their system from the command line. And I can never get that working. And it wasn't like one of those things that I really wanted to waste a lot of time on. It just out of just pure coincidence, I came across a post that said, oh, yeah, I couldn't get my FZF working in my, oh, my ZSH shell with the plugin because I also use the Vim mode plugin, which I use for my shell as well. So I have Vim on my shell. And it says, and they said, you have to, I forget what the order was, but they said, I had to load let's just say the Vim mode first. I think it was actually the, the F, FZF first and then Vim mode. And then it worked. I'm like, what? It can't be that easy. <laughs> now, keep in mind, I've been doing this for years and I've lived without it for years. And so I go into my ZSHRC file and I swap those little two plugins around and damn, I have FZF all over the place now. I'm like finding files and directories. I'm doing like my little control, control T's and control R's. And oh my God, I love, <laughs> I, I am, I am just, I love like finally getting to use a tool that I've seen so many people use for so long. I'm sure I'll forget in like a couple of days, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, not if you're using it as much as you say you're using it. Now you want me yeah. to go check it out. And that, that's another, I don't know if you're a Tmux person, but. I use it when I work remotely. I don't use it locally. You need to think about that, man. I'm telling you, because I'll show you my my workflow with Tmux. But 
Tmux has this new thing where you can do like display pop-ups, which are like little pop-up windows in Tmux. And it's just, it's a different experience, man. It's the terminal is such, such a different experience than it was 20 years ago. It's crazy. It's so powerful. So fast. Hmm. All right. Let's take a moment and let's go over to our PHP storm sponsors, but I need to find, I need to find Tom's AI one on this one. So yeah, here. A little, little thank you to our PHP Storm people. PHP Ugly are happy to have JetBrains and PHP Storm as a sponsor. The entire team at PHP Ugly uses PHP Storm every day, and we love it. PHP Storm is a cutting-edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. Whether you're a newcomer or it's just been a hot minute since your last dive in, there's never been a better time to revisit with a slick, clean new UI, blazing speed enhancements, and a richer toolkit, it's transforming the way we code. It's time to start coding like a professional. Visit jetbrains.com forward slash PHP storm and kick off your 30-day free trial. Code smarter, not harder. Let's get back to getting ugly. Thank you, PHP Thank you, Storm. PHP Storm. Look at people uh, showing off their widescreens there. And just so you know, we realized how bad that the audio is on that ad. It's just funny. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I do need to redo that one. Eric Mann asked about Warp Dev. I am a kitty person. I haven't really. I, I tried Warp Dev. I didn't, see, I didn't see any benefits to it. I think that's just another terminal emulator. Uh, Wayne Life in Discord. How big is that? Because it looks like it's about the size mine is, which is 49 inches. And it is a lot of screen. Like, it's a lot <laughs> of real estate, man. And what's weird about it, I used to have dual monitors. And, I mean, I was having so much problem, so, so many problems with uh, seeing, like, I wear glasses. And even when I wore glasses, I'm like, God, I can barely read them. I was, I was increasing font sizes on certain windows. And... With this, all of a sudden, I had to bring everything back down to like normal font sizes because I can read everything again. I'm like, wow, <laughs> everything's nice, crisp, and clear. So, yeah, everybody's talking about one. talking about terminal terminal emulators. Yeah, buttery. I was I was down. I don't know how you how do you pronounce that? Alacrity, Alacrity. That's yeah, what I that's what I was rocking before I went to Kitty. I I really pushed back a lot on Kitty when I was on the Mac. I tried using Kitty and I hated it. You had to do some special stuff back then. I don't know if it's changed, but you had to do some special stuff to get SSH working. So when I when I was on Pop OS, for the longest time, I, I just stuck with GNOME Terminal. And then I went to, I, I played around with a few others. And I tried Kitty again. And because Kitty was one of the ones that could get, would give me transparency. And I'm like, all right, I'm kind of, I kind of like transparency. And so I, I kind of stuck with that. Honestly, it was just like one of those things that I, I don't even realize how long I've been using it now. It's just, they're all terminals, right? I mean, once you get it configured, they're, they're very minor things that are different about them that, that people prefer. But for the most part, it's just the terminal. So oh. I, I think I just use what it, whatever comes with. Op OS. Yeah, it just yeah, is a default the GNOME, terminal. GNOME terminal. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I gotta I gotta show you my uh, I gotta show you my my layout. Yeah, really loving. I'm loving loving the screen. Loving. I'm I'm still working on my my workflow in the in the new screen, but I'm getting there, and it's going well. All right. Do I queued up. A... Good. Go no, you. I I queued <laughs> up a few tweets that friend of the show Jameson Bryant uh, tweeted recently. Don't know why. It just struck me. One of them is, if I'm in a bad mood today, it's because I just set up auto payment on my student loans. I got nothing out of college except meeting my wife. I should have never went. No offense to those that did. <laughs> yeah, that's a harsh yeah. taste in college, man. Do you feel that way? Yeah. I, really? I, yeah. I, I I did not get anything out of college other than... I mean, just timing of how things worked out worked for me, but I didn't learn anything that I do today in college. I already knew the basics of programming from when I was a younger kid. I knew the basics of databases. I got a job doing database work because I was, I needed a job and I happened to be in college and happened to see a post, but man, when it comes to actual what I learned in college, I don't know what I what I learned that has stuck with me. Maybe so I, some advanced, a little more advanced math concepts, you know, things like that. I think we should caveat that a little bit because you and I were of a very fortunate generation where we we started forging the direction of the internet. Like there were no rules. You know, we were making stuff up. I don't think that's going to hold true for maybe the generation that are in college now could probably go either way, but I think that's going to change very soon where it's going to get very hard to get development jobs without some sort of formal education. If for no other reason, the the colleges are starting to catch up with how coding should be taught and, and understanding, you know, teaching concepts and patterns and, you know, what these are, things that can carry over to different languages. I I looked at the NorCal kids partner, you know, I helped them out. They took some coding classes and some of the concepts they were being taught in there. I'm like, wow, this is really cool that you guys are learning this stuff. So I think that's going to change. I mean, the problem with college in general, college, especially when John and I went, was not designed to teach our industry. It just didn't move quick enough. It didn't change fast enough. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if they're changing that at all, but. I mean, I, I went for aviation. Computer science was my, my major. And I was learning ADA, which was the language of the aviation, whatever, community, not community, sector. Mm-hmm. I remember taking a Java class and basically being in a group and had a good friend in the class that just did all the work. (laughs) So I knew just enough Java to hurt something. Like I wasn't Mm -hmm. good at it. I didn't Mm -hmm. really take the time to learn it sitting through a database class and talking about transactions. And because I was already doing other work with databases, I didn't pay enough attention and I wish I would have because I should be doing transactions more than I do. 
but I just, it's just those little things that stick out. Like I remember sitting in there and then t- talking about it and me just zoning out and not caring. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the other reality of it. Right. It's like, they could have, they could have been trying to teach me, you know, the repository pattern in college. And I wasn't mature enough to care and appreciate. And, you know, I just, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have stuck. You know? yeah. The, the only smart thing I did was, I never deferred my student loans. I never spread them out. I paid them as soon as I got out of college, started paying and they're paid off in 10 years. And I was done. 10 years. Wow. I I made sure we did the same thing with my wife's student loans, you know, just paying. It's still so much. I mean, so, so obviously we've talked about in the past, I, I did some community college, but you know, never, never any real university schooling. So I didn't, you know, didn't have to make that investment. We did with the, you know, the kids both went to schools, but that just seems crazy to me. That sort of like, like I think about that. It's just 10 years you had, and you, and you feel like you did that quickly, right? 10 years. Oh, I know I did. I think my, that would have been fast. I think my brother-in-law is still paying on his and he graduated before I did. So the current wife works in the medical field and you listen to some of the student debt those doctors enter the workforce with. And I'm like, oh my God, like, how are you, how is that worth it to you? I I don't know, man. It's, it is absolutely bonkers to me. I talking to your kid, I realize I am privileged. I made sure to focus on getting that paid off and sacrificed other things like driving a crappy car forever. But that was important to me was not delaying it. Cause I've heard too many stories about student loans taking forever to pay off. Yeah. So yeah, fortunately, definitely not trying to like, matter of fact, our <laughs> kids paid for theirs, their schooling pretty much. So yeah, it, you know, fortunately, they don't have a lot of student loan to carry around either. And again, they're they were very privileged as well. Like they were in a position where, you know, it's it was it's a good thing when you do it, and that that is not the norm in this country, at least. So it's crazy to think that there are countries where you just go to secondary school, like that's part of being a citizen of that country. You just go on to college, mm. but it's not like that here in the U S yeah. Like, I mean, hey. I did get, get lucky. You know, when I graduated, I had a job waiting for me, which I didn't plan on asking them for a full-time job. I was planning on going off and doing something else. And they're like, you're not even going to give us a chance to offer you something. I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that was an option. <laughs> Wait, you want to <laughs> offer me something? <laughs> Okay. So I stuck around there for a while. (laughs) All right. Are you ready for some spiciness? Yes. The thing that kind of went off the rails a little bit. Yes. Pretty disappointed about this. I I am going to probably rage a little bit. So feel free to pull me in if you feel like I'm going too far down any particular area. So it starts with this tweet. Oh, wait a minute. They pulled it down. So this is frustrating to me. So it started with a tweet from somebody in the community, and I think it, it was a it was a very innocent tweet. Uh, essentially, what they said was they used to use Laravel Forge. They're exploring other options. 
a lot of it came down to costs for them. It, they there was no real criticism of Forge. It, it's not like it you know didn't meet my needs or it was crappy service. It was just like it, it really boils down to cost more than anything else. And there they were they moved from working for somebody to working for themselves, and it was their money now. Which, by the way, John and I run our company. We it, it is our company. We own it. It is a very different world watching money go out and paying taxes on money that you never actually get to touch. It is a very expensive process. The first couple of years were very tough, but the numbers don't go down. Like it's not like, oh, you've been you've been in business for 20 years your taxes are going to get cut in half and you don't have to pay for these services anymore. No, you just continue to need new services. Taxes continue to go up. It is a horrible process and it's very nerve wracking. A lot of people don't understand that. Like being a contractor is a little different. Like you only have to worry about your taxes for you, but having a company, having employees, it's a different world and it's not for everybody. So I can appreciate where this person's coming from. Well, this this ended up causing some backlash. So let me share this one from a particular person who has a vested interest in Forge, which is Taylor himself. You know, it's going to be hard to believe, but Taylor is is a very or, or, my interactions with Taylor. He seems like a very modest person. He's very, very easily approachable. He's, I mean, he just seems like a nice guy, right? I, I've never, in, in person, I've never had a problem talking to him. We've had some back and forths over social media, but that's just that, okay? So I really think the guy is a, a good-hearted person in general, but the dude needs a PR representative or a public relations representative. This guy is just doesn't handle social media posts very well. So he starts with kind of a, a slam on the company this person was moving to. And I, I don't know if it's mentioned. So this was the deleted post and it's, it's not mentioned what that company is. And I, and I it's, it was, I keep thinking, I keep wanting to say plan IO because that's one of the services we use, but it's not plan IO. If in Discord, if you, if you know what it is, throw it in there. But basically, Taylor is like, you know, this is why I could never have any respect at all for that company to clone the very thing that makes the framework you use sustainable is just weird to me. But what do I know? It's like, okay, I haven't looked into the service. So for the record, full disclosure, we use Forge. We use Envoyer. I don't have a problem paying for it. I don't pay for it because I pay for it because it's the PHP community, somebody in the PHP community. And so I'm fine. You know, I like to try to. But it's also a good service. It. I mean, it does. That's it. It does something right? we want. It, we need done. It takes it takes the workload off <laughs> of. We don't have like dedicated operations people. So it's a very nice service for spinning up servers and, and managing servers. I, we have no complaints over Forge. But with that said, there are a lot of services out there that do what Forge does. There are 
open source projects out there that do what Forge does. Ansible, are we our are, are one guy was an Ansible maniac. I mean, he basically was doing the Forge workflow before we even used Forge using Ansible scripts. So there's like there's no there's no secret to what they're accomplishing. It's just how they're accomplishing it and and you know the interfaces and in the ease they're 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 doing it. But it doesn't mean you get to corner that market. And whether this other company is specifically targeting the Laravel community or not is really irrelevant. Okay. It's 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 competition. You should feel flattered that you've created an ecosystem that they feel like they can play in. So that that was I saw that I'm like that's a thing. And and I, I kind of gave him a pass on it, right? I'm like, all right, well, he just said something that, you know, whatever. I, I'm not I'm not really too too hung up on it. And it's the next one that really gets me. Oh, I don't see did I miss did I, did I already do, 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 do. I'm trying to find the one that really kind of set me off. Here we go. I, I did actually pass it already. So this was the one that that set me off. And it was actually before his other tweet. He says, you realize Laravel as a framework will no longer exist if Forge does not exist. As in the open source framework, Laravel is no longer, will no longer be maintained. Now, I have been a supporter of Laravel for a very long time. I've been open to trying other solutions, and I think that's a good practice for people in general. But I always lean back on Laravel. I have personally implemented Laravel on several clients. This is my job. People come to me and say, hey, I need this. How should I build it? And I throw Laravel at them. To hear him say this from a business perspective, this is why he will not be taken serious, seriously in like a business world. Like that's that's basically a threat. It's like, hey, you know, if I'm not making bank on this service, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my ball and leave. And it's an open source project, so people can say, well, it's open source, people can fork it. Yeah, ask, you know, as a Zen you know, how that worked out. I mean, it's still there and there's still people using it, but it definitely lost its momentum. It's what's it called now? Not, uh, luminous. luminous. Yeah. Luminous. You know, it's still there and it's, you know, it's still trying to find kind of it's, it's place, but it's not, it's not what it was. Mm-hmm. And for him, for him to say that, like as a business owner, it really causes me to pause and think like, wait a minute. Am I, am, I think I fucked up here. Like I have a major technical investment in the Laravel framework now. And I just, that really did not sit well with me. It doesn't sit with me, with me to this day. I would really like to see him roll that back a little bit and say, okay, I, I might have misspoke this or, or, or I you know, oversimplified that. But seriously, <laughs> listen. I'm sorry, dude, you and your buddies and you know, your little crew, you're, you're good people, but if you're going to be flexing Lambos, flexing your, your, your trips to Vegas and, and your expensive homes, don't be shitting on one guy 
who wants to roll off to another service because it's cheaper. Okay. Right. That's, that's a fair point. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not the, don't, don't do that. That, that person's 10 bucks a month or whatever it is, isn't going to change your Lambo lifestyle. Right. And, and that's why I, I kind of, pre, you know, prefix this with, I do think he's a fairly modest person, but you know, but he he is he is not shy showing off his expensive cars and expensive house and and it's great. You know, I'm glad that they were able to get there. So this is where it gets weird. <laughs> this is and somebody called him out, and I was very happy to see this. Uh, most most of the the fanboys did not though. Most uh, I was I was looking I was looking through that looking through that those comments and there's a lot of I support you and I pay for these and this and that and like. Because you're you. Exactly. There was there were so many comments of, well, I just pay for Forge just to just to show you my support. And it's like, okay, you know, they're 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 just like the Apple fanboys. It's like it doesn't matter what they do or what Taylor does, they're he's he's gonna have their support. These aren't these aren't people to be taken seriously from a business perspective. These aren't the people you want to build your I don't know. I, I guess I can say that. I, I, I was going to say these aren't the type of people you want to build your lifestyle on, but you have social media influencers. That's all they do. Uh, for me, it's, it would be weird, right? Like from a business perspective, I don't, I, I immediately start discounting their opinion because it's clear they, they don't, they're not, they don't really have a skin in the game. They have, they've made it clear that, oh, I have this money to spend. I'm going to spend it to, you know, give it to you because, and for somebody who is making a business decision to get that, that hate from them, it's like, dude, you just don't, you don't get it. Like, this is why, again, this is why Laravel doesn't always get taken seriously in the business world. It's frustrating for me because I do take it seriously and I, I see stuff like this and I get very, very nervous, but so it gets weird. It gets a little weirder here. Speaking of fanboys, somebody says, I'll gladly choose Laravel Forge, even though it's a bit pricier. It's my way of supporting Laravel. And, and oh, I didn't hear that one. Okay, fine. You know, that's how people want to support Laravel. We have we we have it, right? Yeah, you know, we have Patreon supporters, you know, they they that's how they want to show us the support. We have a product that John and I, we literally count subscribers every month because we're trying to track where we're at, you know, that those subscribers carry that part of PHP architect, the magazine. And I mean, let's be honest, John, I don't know how much you want to disclose on this, but I'm comfortable saying it. Things like the conference, boy, do we understand things, things like the conference. Now it's not the users, it's the sponsors. If sponsors decided, Hey, we don't want any part of PHP architect anymore that conference would have to go away because the users themselves wouldn't be able to support it. It's not a matter of, well, if you're not going to, if you're not going to give us money, you know, we're not going to have a conference. It's a matter of, if we don't get money, we cannot have a conference. And I don't think that's the case of the Laravel open source framework for him to make that statement, but to continue down this path, Taylor then gives this person who, who, who had sent that previous post a $500 credit on their forge account. Now, does he give $500 credit to the other guy who's trying to start a business 
who is moving on because he can't afford it? I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe that's why he took down the post. I don't know. But he gives this guy $500. And the person is just, this is just so perfect. The person responds, another person responds. And I, John, if you want to try to say this name, you know how I am with names. Mustafa. Mustafa says, I don't like the optics of this. Person A critiques a product. Person B defends the product. Owner of the product pays money to person B and completely ignores person A. Doesn't completely ignore him, but yeah. <laughs> and it gives some, some weird and distorted incentive system for customer feedback. I'm like, yes, exactly. That's like, you know, you're, that was just so weird to see. And a couple other people go back and forth on this. And yeah, it's, you know, and, and, and the teller even says, what customer feedback exactly? And somebody's like, you know, response, you know, talk about the pricing and it's just, it was a weird, again, with as much as Taylor flex his lifestyle and his travel and, you know, it's like, dude, be a little bit more sympathetic or, or have a little bit more empathy for people who are, aren't in your position, who, who don't have that money and and don't don't send the hounds after him because he you know decides to share an experience that was a tough read man i i really really disliked that and we've said it before in the past and we've been open about it we've had back and forths with people in the Laravel community in other communities don't get me started on Tron Gate <laughs> and you know we we're not we all we don't always see eye to eye. I actually pride myself in being one of the biggest, both big Laravel supporter and critic. Like, I feel like I can be very honest and call out issues in Laravel where you have, as you said earlier, John fanboys who won't, they just won't, they will never go against anything that, comes down from the top it's all it's always you know 100 agree and that's not what makes these communities good and strong i mean it's, that's that's the problem with so many same problem with politics right when you identify as one thing you are resistant to criticism or hearing the other side which is terrible we should always be open listening to everybody and making the best decision for us. And if, if the best decision for you is I make a living off Laravel and I want to support Taylor by using products he's created. Great. But know that that's what you're doing and not just because it's Taylor, not just because it's Laravel. Right. And, and not just because you're afraid he'll take Laravel away if you don't. Right. Yeah. It was in I, I I actually stopped reading the thread. So if anybody comes across, if if Taylor does come back on there and say, "Hey, I think this got blown out of proportion," I I you know I want to you know walk a few things back. Feel free to send it to me. Let me know. I I will definitely discuss it ne on next week's show. I have no problem giving Laravel, Taylor, and the whole community and ecosystem praise. When, you know when it's deserved. This was a tough one, man. It, it was really hard to read that. And I am just, man, it's just really, again, I think about the clients that we have implemented Laravel on. And I'm like, 
it it's always been a thing. It's always been a struggle. We've always shared it on the show about the fast paced world of Laravel and companies in general aren't designed or tooled to, to iterate that quickly on a core framework, a core component of the application. And we have worked hard with our clients to make that as less painful as possible. And when you hear stuff like this, it's just like, good God, why, why, why am I doing all that work? Like, yeah. That's a hard one. And it's just so hard for me because I feel like it's my reputation as well. I put a, I put a lot of my reputation behind going with Laravel and I am really questioning that that one tweet alone is going to stick with me for a very long time. Yeah. I don't blame you. So I want to take this opportunity to talk about PHP architects sponsoring this podcast. I know it's, we're running way long PHP tech coming in 2024. Would love to see you there. If you can make it, Call for Speakers is currently open. A talk I would love to see is kind of around this topic where we should not be boxing ourselves into the framework. And there are patterns that you can follow so that you're not as tied to it. And I know with Laravel, it's really hard because the models, the active record model once you start using that throughout your application, you're you're completely tied to it. But if you can start using something like a repository pattern that will use the model to get the data out and then create your concrete implementation of that object, you need to move to another one. All you got to do is change your repository, get your data another way. There's There's other ways around it. Not as convenient per se, but something something to think about so having a good talk around how to kind of separate your code from the framework and not be so tied to it would be an amazing presentation anything you want to talk about like if you have a presentation idea something you're working on something you're learning something you want to just share with other people we want to see it go over to tech.phparch.com click on the speakers tab there'll be a place to go to submit your ideas we're up to well over like 150 or so submissions. Cool. Um, when are we shutting that down? Put you on the spot. I so I don't know if it shows. Does it actually show when you go to that? I don't know. I actually I don't think I've actually been to it in a very long time now. Because I didn't want to put us into a into a box of this is the date frame date range for it. It's on there. So it's currently set to close November 30th. Oh, okay. Okay. We do have that on there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's set to close November 30th. We're going to start, you know, going through them through the talks much sooner just to start getting an idea of talks. We like start having a plan because we would ideally get the conference schedule mostly completed early December so that people want to that want to make you know decisions for next year can do that before the christmas break would be great look at that beautiful website that's an awesome awesome website i saw we i saw we got a couple more tickets bought like yes. early bread tickets that was nice to see so I, I i uh one more quick thing kind of along that topic and kind of what john was talking about as far as boxing yourself into a framework. 
I have a I have a philosophy that I like to tell people who get really excited about a framework. And believe me, I am a framework junkie. I I play I will play with any framework and just see how it works and appreciate it. I have nothing against frameworks. I know there's a there there's a PHP camp that just doesn't agree with frameworks as a concept, and that's fine as well. But what I normally tell people is you you will never become a really good dev- PHP developer by being good at this framework, but you will become a really good person at this framework by being a good PHP developer. And so understand that you have PHP is still the core and that's what you need to get your head around. And that's what you need to learn. And then you can learn all the special patterns and tricks of a particular framework. So just keep that in mind and don't like, like John said, don't get boxed in. Oh, uh, we do need to, we do need to share, go ahead and keep talking. We do need to share yeah. our supporters on Patreon. We haven't done that yet. So right. you While you do talking. that, Eric Mann asks, is there an upper limit to how many I can submit? You can submit as many talks, as any, as many ideas as you want. Preferably people submit three to five, you know, ideally. It, I've it had a couple it. that, I've had a couple that went way overboard and, I have like 10 to 15. A Woods submitted a great talk about coming up with uh, show titles. <laughs> yeah, or yes, he should. <laughs> so while I'm, while I said this about the person submitting 10 to 15, as I'm looking through it, they're submitting the same one a couple times because they're like, well, I could cram this into a 30 minute talk or I could do a, a full 50 minute talk on it. Yeah, that's and that's something very, very important to keep in mind. If you're new to speaking, we have 30-minute talks that is a great little intro. You know, you get up there, you you do your presentation, and you're out. It's it's a really good little time slot to get into. What else was I gonna say? Oh, in in writers, writers for the magazine, we have a special going. If you're interested in writing a feature article for us, up until PHP Tech, we pay for a contribution. So if you write for us, you know we do compensate you for it. But you have the option of either taking the compensation or taking the compensation in form of a ticket to Tech, just just the ticket. But in from a from a dollar sign perspective, the ticket to tech is much more expensive than what we compensate. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's I mean, I'll, that's I'll, sh- I'll share your numbers. I'm fine sharing numbers. We we pay $175 for an article. No you know what? I think I've told a couple people now 150 I swear to God, I keep telling people $150. I think I have to take $25 commission for bringing it <laughs> in. <laughs> so it's 100, 175 US dollars to write an article currently for blind early bird our tickets are five hundred dollars so right you just have to get yourself there hotel room and, our, and feature flight. articles that well so there are some caveats to that 175 dollars for feature articles that are 2500 to 3500 plus words we don't have a hard cut at 3500 but we like to kind of keep it around that and it has to be, it, it can't be a republish of an existing article or post that you've done somewhere else. You can you can submit those. We're just not going to compensate you $175. What did we come up with? Was it 100 for those? 
or 75 uh, or 50 I, I, or 25 i think it was 25 I, I th- thought it was free wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> so we we will if if you have a if you have a blog post you're proud of or, or if you've written an article for you know the, the school magazine that you want we're, we're fine taking it the the concept is if it's not unique to php architect if it's something you've already done we're fine compensating you which is not going to give you the same compensation that somebody who worked on an article specifically for PHP Architect. Right. Eric, man, you said you won't submit duplicates, but you'll note in the additional comments, please don't. We'd prefer you to submit, a, duplicate the talk in each category. Because we're when we're looking for a 30-minute talk, we're going to compare 30-minute talks to 30-minute talks. We will not, filter. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not going to look at the additional comments and be like, oh, this one might fit in this category. It's just easier for us to have them duplicated. That is very true. Very true. That happened last year. Mm. A couple people did that. And I'm like, sorry, we just didn't see. Like, didn't see it at that point. And we don't have any keynotes locked in either. If you if you think your keynote material, feel free to feel free to submit keynote talks. That's that's always open. Other conferences yelled at you for duplicating. They're they're Same. they're they're. they're I want to know how they were doing their making their decisions because th- that is a pain for for me the way I see it. But most of the conferences that I've seen don't have the varying lengths, right? As far as I know, or they do the tutorial or an hour, so it's either three hour or one hour. We have three hour the first day still too, right? Are we doing yep. three three hours? Yep, the first day, yeah. Eric, uh, A-Woods, well, we know A-Woods is going to be in Austin. Eric, are you going to be in Austin? You come to Austin? All right, while, you, while that delay gets to you and respond, I don't know. I think, where are we at, man? We we are one hour and 23 minutes. We are. I feel like I could go another hour. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> anything else? Anything else we want to touch on? I think, think this is a good one. All right. I think so too. If you're in Discord, hang out with us for the after show. Get your title suggestions in there. You know, you know the drill. And until next week, we'll we'll see you guys next week. I guess. Oh wait, what do we do? This is it. I'm Eric. <laughs> this this has been episode what? 356 of PHP Ugly. I'm what, John. What, what show is this? I'm Eric. Keep it ugly. <laughs> Keep it ugly. <laughs> One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shout out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I 
I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it. You know my lyrics are major. All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing. Keep it ugly. We ending every show with the saying, it's lovely. Let's go. Yeah, come on.